Hello, Radio Land. I'm Katie Myers, and your host for the next segment of this week's Mountain Talk. Today, we'll be going to the college town of Moorhead, Kentucky. The North Fork Mobile Home Park was home to about 80 families, for as long as anyone can remember. In December, the park's owner sold the land to a developer from Lexington for use as a strip mall. This move was publicly financed by the city of Moorhead in hopes the strip mall would raise property values and provide jobs. However, in the short term, it meant residents would lose their homes. In response to the eviction, North Fork residents formed a campaign called Justice for North Fork, demanding money to help with moving costs and assurance that the city would take steps to add affordable housing and protect tenants. I went back and forth over the course of a month as tenants geared up for a long fight. All content here reflects the perspective of the residents of North Fork. Well, my, my name is Penny Gossard, and what they're doing to us sucks. On April 29th, three residents sat with me after a tenants meeting to tell me about what had happened. Randy, R-A-N-D-I, Harper, H-A-R-P-E-R, and I am a, a divorced homeschooling mom to a kid with disabilities that's on the spectrum. And now I don't know what kind of effect it's going to have on him, and it keeps me awake at night. The move-out date was tomorrow, and many still didn't have a plan. They'd had under two months to leave. Well, um, we didn't really... I mean, we've heard, we heard whispers, um, but the lot manager lied straight to our faces, telling He's us... He's not you, the only one. Well, right. We stood out there this summer, we called everybody... We called Tony. We tried to get a hold of Joanne. We called people at the courthouse asking them if there was a process going on where this property was being sold. They all acted like they did not know what we were talking about. They said that they gave sufficient notice for the meetings that they had about it. Nobody knew. If I would have known they were having those meetings, I would have been there. Absolutely. We all would have. They were talking about tearing our community up. And we had absolutely no input. Right. And when we tried to get information, they acted, like I said, they acted like they didn't know what we were talking about. Well, and then it went quiet for a little while. So I think a lot of us thought because of the pandemic that, you know, everything had just bottomed out. All the negotiations went away and we were okay because we had the lot manager coming back and telling other residents, well, you can live here as long as you want. This place isn't going anywhere. Right. So, you know... (laughs) And then March 6th, we got letters yeah. saying, you've got to be out yeah. in 45 days. Right. And for people, you know, like me and Mindy and, you know. Well, and people are scrambling for somewhere to go. Some, some of these homes will not move. They're in too bad shape. Some of them are so old, nobody will take them. Well, they also a couple of years ago passed that thing here in the county where if your trailer is older than a 95, it can't right. be moved into here. Right. So, you know, the ones that were here were grandfathered in. Right. But once this place goes away, it's no longer grandfathered well, in. Exactly. So, you know, people, like, my my trailer was a 93, so people wouldn't take it I around here. something. <laughs> I, I, I told you earlier, you know, mine's an 81. I got to be on a bus line. There is not a trailer park nowhere around that will take my trailer. No. Mm-hmm. Well, nowhere. The options that I have where I can move mine are, I don't want to go there. I don't want to go there. On a farm. With no running well, water. Not to, I, well, the farm or Buffalo, well, it's like, well, you know neither one do I want to do. 
so do you all I don't want to move to Buffalo Branch out in the middle of nowhere. All all three of you Bronson, you all own two? Mm-hmm. Do you all own two? Mm-hmm. Oh, everyone in this room owned. Right. Wow. Owned our homes. It's I like, own this. This this belongs to me. I and I work at Lowe's and I don't drive. And I walk across the street every morning and go to work. Rain, snow, sleet, or hell. It's like the other day when I went to the Frontier Housing to see what, because, you know, there's all this money that's been donated by a private private donor, and money's not supposed to ever run out until we're all got somewhere to go. So the girl asked me, what's your plan? This was my plan. Right. You took my I plan just away. I live exactly. here till I die. Exactly. This was my plan. I don't know what else I can tell you. And my grandbabies are the money right there that's on that wall. And they've not hardly helped anybody at And they're else. used so to where being they here with exactly. Because it started out at 30. But they can't have that no more. Meeting, it turned into 40. There's only 76 trailers up here. How can that money be running out if the most they're giving anybody is two thousand? Not giving us. They're not the movers. And, and that's another misperception with all of this. People in the community think that we are being handed all this money. We are not. Nope. They're giving it to people who are moving us out. Okay, so none of that's going. To we are not seeing no. any of the money. We ain't seen They're writing dime. checks to the to the people who are moving us out. We aren't seeing a dime of it. Not to mention they come back and put all these back notices of lot rent that was supposedly owed. But that came the morning after they said that we're going to give $1,000 to the movers if your rent's been paid and you're out by the 30th. Well, I've got it. You know, I've got cleared checks for every month. The, and then the price went from, well, you owe 400 you owe 375 you owe 250 right. And then when it come down to it, the owner couldn't prove any anything and was right. like, well, we'll just forget about it. And I think well, that was just a ploy, a way to get out of paying anybody any money. Which I had all my proof of where we I We all paid. did. I paid my ahead. Right. I paid two months at a time, right. and I get a note stuck to my door that says I owe almost $600 in back lot rent. And it's like, you know I don't. I pay too much ahead of time. I'm, several of us got yep. those. So could you all tell me a little bit about Moorhead? Like, how has Moorhead changed? Um, what's the, I know you were already talking about the affordable situation, affordable housing situation, but I didn't get that on recording. I'd love to hear about it again. Well, I mean, they said they're self in they're the gonna meeting. Make that. It, they're going to make it a college town. And if you are a... Uh, Working class citizen. You're screwed. Harry You're screwed. Crow's they said in that, that meeting. That the mayor. Yes. Affordable housing. He did, did he not? Head. He did, and then he <clears throat> said that we were going to have to be the leaders that helped them make the change. Exactly. And that we knew all, we knew all about this. He said in a did. meeting we yeah, had with them. If you're looking for affordable housing in Moorhead, Kentucky, you're in the wrong place. Who right. said that? Our judge executive. Like, what are they saying? They, they're wanting to bring, what, was it 250, We're a blight. 265 We're a blight. jobs? This trailer <coughs> park is a blight. The city officials want this to be their legacy, that they brought progress and jobs to this town. They're going to build a strip mall up here. How many empties? 
How many empty shopping centers do we already have in this town? That they could have just went and built that stuff there we've, without putting us out. We've already got partially developed land on 32 from well, years exactly. ago where they were going to bring progress and so, jobs and right. it all bankrupt so, and fell through. Where is that? That's down on 32 headed into town. It's on the left-hand side if you're coming from here. And it'll say Wilson Excavating or something yeah. off on the side. And you can see in between the hills where they went in and did all this uh, excavation and and plans of bringing in more businesses. That's the motivation for the city officials, that they can go around and tell everybody, we brought all these jobs, $7.50 an hour jobs that nobody wants to work anyway. So that's their motivation. And then the property owner, her motivation is $8 million that she's going to get when we leave. But I would like to say this now. Because, you know, for those of us that have lived here this long, my original lease had all kinds of uh, rules and regulations. You couldn't have your trash can out early. You couldn't have a clothesline. You couldn't have outside pets. There was all these, you know, rules that we had to follow. And and the city enforced city code and ordinance then because we're in city limits. This place did not look like this. This was a nice place to live. I didn't, I was never embarrassed to tell people I lived here. It was a nice community. When they wanted us gone, they quit enforcing anything because they wanted us to look like the blight that they call us. But, okay, to get the TIF money, it has to be, the neighborhood has to be considered a blight, which the TIF money was never designed to destroy neighborhoods. It was designed to help neighborhoods. Right. Okay, as far as I can see, all it took was for Patrick Madden to say this community was a blight. They didn't, that's all it takes for somebody, no, that's not how this works. They were supposed to go through. They were supposed to do a um, study on how it affected. Like research, how it's going to affect, how it's going to affect the neighborhood. There's all kinds of rules for that. They didn't do any of it. Not to mention a good 40% of the people up here are below the lowest poverty line. There had, there's supposed to be studies done on every bit of that. They did not do that stuff. Like, what What do people do for work? Are people on fixed income? Are folks working part-time? What's my personal is? situation is um, my son has disabilities, and he's on the autism spectrum. So I had to drop out of my college and my career to focus on him full-time, and I homeschool. So I live on, we live on his disability. And so as a, you know, a single divorced mom... With, that I homeschool full time, and I have health problems. I have chronic Lyme disease, I have Hashimoto's disease, and all the stress and everything. I mean, I'm down sometimes for weeks from this stuff, trying to, right. you know. My and son has been doing stop. therapy right. since he was three years old, and I'm not talking about just counseling. I'm talking physical therapy, occupational therapy, speech therapy, oral placement therapy, and counseling and regular therapy to help him, you know progress and have his best shot with his disabilities after 14 well he's 14 now after 11 years of doing this i had to put a hold on everything and saw his progress because i can't keep that many balls in the air you know and uh, it's the fact that they didn't even take into consideration they did what they we're dealing with and part of it was they were supposed to do surveys and studies to see how it was going to affect residents, and they didn't. They don't care. No. No. They didn't. They did not consider how this was going to affect anybody in this neighborhood. Our stories are probably some. I mean, we have neighbors who can't get out. I mean, one of my our neighbors is getting ready to have a baby. 
Yeah, she's and barely, she's not even going to have a place to go to. She doesn't have because they're in the process of buying something that they don't want. They had to leave to, the county to yeah. buy it. Then yeah. we've got people that got out, like uh, Walton D, yeah. that got a place, but then she's had so many health problems and so much happen, and they've had to start a GoFundMe for her because she's already losing the place that she got right. to move into from here. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, this is the only home my son's ever known, you know, 14 right. years. And he doesn't, with being on, on the spectrum with autism, he doesn't do well with change. So, you know, this once we're once we're out of here, the the effect that it's going to have is going to be, and probably will set him back again. He feels comfortable to come out by himself right. and walk around and, hey, Miss Mindy. And now he's going to have to move somewhere else. I know, he was crying he about it the other day. He doesn't know anything or anybody there. Uh, yeah. Right. Yeah, well, because we're leaving the county, so, you know, we're going to... Well, another family who has to leave where they've lived their whole life and move to another county to find something. That if we had time, you guys could have looked for somewhere. I could have been prepared. But when you're already living, you know, on a fixed income anyway, in 45 days, (laughs) where's it going to come from? You know, I can't... I can wish all I want, but it's not going to fill my hand up. Exactly. (laughs) Uh, you know that. For me, you know. for me, Sue, and I had a hundred and twenty-five dollar lot rent. Yeah. And you know, my water was maybe fifty. My electric was maybe fifty. So I'm going from two hundred and twenty-five to seven hundred and fifty because I have animals. So I have to have a place that will accept animals because I'm not giving them up. They're my baby. Two weeks later, on the day of the May City Council meeting, North Fork residents decided to hold a rally. At the meeting, resident Sue Hamilton shared a resolution written by residents. As I said, my name is Sue Hamilton. I am a current displaced resident. I moved to Moorhead at the trailer park with my two daughters six years ago. We were making a new start in my hopes of having the girls a better life. Okay, law. And whereas, as stated in a letter to the city of Moorhead from Attorney Ben Carter of the Kentucky Equal Justice Center, the city of Moorhead failed to file a development plan to satisfy the requirements of the state law, failed to the plan with appropriate authorities, and failed to hold a robust hearing process that complies with Kentucky law before establishing the Moorhead Gateway Development Area. And, whereas the city of Moorhead failed to account for actual costs that were unfairly transferred onto residents by subsidizing and approving the Moorhead Gateway Development Area, and whereas the landlord, Fraley Commercial Properties, LLC, deliberately withheld the pending sale of the property 
from residence and allowed only a 45 days notice for eviction. And whereas when developer Patrick Madden called North Fork Mobile Home Park a blight in the October 2020 Moorhead City Council meeting, he used language which has been used by developers and government officials for decades to legally steal the homes of poor people and people of color and instead of compensating those displaced, our government routinely rewards the development by giving them tax money. And whereas the housing is a human right and should always be treated as such by the city of Moorhead. Now, therefore, be it resolved by the city of Moorhead, based on these findings and other findings of negligence, in the process of establishing the Moorhead Gateway Development Area and to rectify the financial and health burdens created by the forced displacement of residents of Moorhead. Kentucky State Representative Attica Scott also came all the way from Louisville to speak up. And I hope that you will grant their demands to the people of North Fork. You are not alone. All of Kentucky is watching. We support you, we love you, we stand in solidarity with you. To the members of the council, if I wasn't clear before because of my mask, I stand with the people of North Fork. Thank you. After her comment, residents who came to speak were told public comments were over. Things got heated after that. Mayor White Brown, may I just ask, we spoke with City Hall today and we're told that everyone who wanted to give public comment would have a chance to say something. And we've, we've, there are over 20 people here who would like to speak. And it has been told over and over to residents of North Fork that you didn't show up when you had a chance to give public comment. They came today and we asked explicitly if we could talk. It seems unfair to tell us that we would have a chance to, get, to speak and then move on without it. Here, here. Woo! Yeah. Well, then, unfortunately, someone told you incorrectly today. Um, but the way that public comments work is we limit it based on our budget—not on our budget, our budget's on the agenda—based um, on our agenda. And so it's at the discretion of myself for how much time we'll devote there. So that's where we're going to end our public comment section today. Could you inform your your city staff to Absolutely. next time? That we will clarify with the city staff. Yes. Okay, we are going to. Um, no, we're going to be moving on in the agenda. Um, okay, if you all do not listen, then you're going to have to leave the meeting. I'm glad we leave then. Okay, thank because you. Because you obviously don't want to listen to any of us and just want to turn your backs on us. So we need more than your tissues. More than your tissues. More than your tissues. We need more than your tissues. More than your tissues. We need more than your tissues. We need more than your tissues. We need your support. We need your support. Okay, if you all cannot be quiet as we proceed, you will be escorted out of the room. You have evicted an entire neighborhood without any public process for anyone involved. There are babies and children that are young. We just come out of the room, please. If you can't be quiet, you're all leave, okay? I'll gladly leave. You... Okay, we're going to move on down the agenda. The next report is my... Mayor, when will you give a chance to hear these people, if not now, at this meeting? When will you hear them? When will you hear us? When will you hear them? Can I get a motion for a recess?
make a motion. Yeah, I'll second the motion. You are responsible to the people of Northport. They are also members of this community. All they're asking is to speak. All they're asking is to speak. They don't have a voice. They're just asking to talk. It is your job to listen to them. Literally your job. It is your job. Y'all have been busy. Like, what's wrong with you? Enjoy your... Come on. You all need to talk to the mayor and tell her that these residents have a right to speak. These residents have a right to speak. Come on. Come on. These residents have a right to speak. There's no one else who wants to come out to support them. People all over the state are watching you right now and watching this happen. Can you share your tissues? Can you share your time? Is it that painful? It's painful. It is. Eventually, everyone was either asked to leave the meeting or left. The march continued outside as the meeting wrapped up. Residents said the whole thing made them feel unheard, just as they'd felt shut out of the original comment process that set up the sale in the first place. I followed up with a few folks another week later at the end of May. By then, most people had moved out either by hauling their trailer to a new spot or just leaving it behind in favor of an apartment. But in some ways, the grueling process is far from over. Mindy Davenport found a park for her trailer, but still needs to do a lot of work before it's ready to live in. Um, Most of the parks around won't take the older homes. I finally found one. It's really, I mean, it's a nice place up there, but it's far out of town. And I just worry about that, like when it's bad weather, I'm going to be stuck. I'm not going to be able to go anywhere. And when the electric goes off, that'll be one of the last places that gets it back on, all of that stuff. I mean, if I was moving because it was my choice to move, but it's not, I'm being forced to move. And everybody just keeps saying, get over it and move on. Well, when you're in this position, then tell me that. Tell me to move on, get over it. Which we all, we all are. Everybody's accepted that we have to leave. We have no choice. We have to do this. But it doesn't mean we have to be happy about it. So is affordable housing like available in Moorhead? I'm just moving my trailer to another trailer park. I mean, it's just as affordable as out there. I have no idea about the utilities and stuff. And I am worried about that. I mean, in an area this small, we have how many different electric companies. It depends on what side of town you live on. And some are more expensive than others. And I do worry about that, what I'll do next winter. With, you know, paying my electric bill and stuff. I've never lived in any place with a septic tank before. I have no idea. I have no idea how to go about doing any of this. What was like? This? Who do I call to hook that up? I don't know. And hook up my electric. It's all somebody different for each little thing. And you can't do any of that until the house is already sitting there. So while you're waiting on all of that, the permits for this and the permits for that, inspection and all of that, what do you do in the meantime? Where do you go? Where do you live? How long does I mean, I actually, one of my neighbors, is they're actually living without water and electric, waiting on all of that stuff to come to their house. 
whether it's a couple days or two weeks. They're just going to sit there and live like that. And the people who aren't doing without that don't care. They don't care about those people. Those people sitting in there in that room could care less that someone is living without water and electric in their home because they can't afford to go stay in a hotel. Or that somebody else has spent $4,000 staying in a hotel waiting for all of that stuff to get turned on. It just amazes me that in this town that there are so many people who feel that way. That don't that just don't care. I would never dreamed in this community that pe that many people feel that way. Is there is there anything else you would like to say or anything else you want Not people really. to know? I mean I have plenty to say but I won't. Okay. Residents told me that home was about more than four walls. Though of course everyone needs shelter. Home's also about community, about neighbors. It's too late to prevent their eviction, but at their regular tenants' meetings, they still find time to share joy with one another. We do this work, we sing. Does anybody remember why we sing together? It because we're united. Love. Uh -huh. We're united. Yeah. So to uplift our spirits uh -huh. and those songs when we start feeling bad. We can sing those songs in our head. Absolutely, absolutely. It always gets stuck in my head. It always gets stuck in your head. Great. So we're going to kick off this meeting. Yeah, turn it. Please. We're going to start this meeting. All right, here we go. We shall not, we shall not be moved. We shall not, we shall not be moved just like a tree. That's standing by the water. We shall not be moved. We will stand and fight together. We shall not be moved. We will stand and fight for North Fork. We shall not be moved. Just like a tree that's standing by the water. We shall not be we're fighting for our neighbors, we shall not be moved. We're fighting for our neighbors, we shall not be moved. Just like a tree that's standing by the water. That's it for this episode of Mountain Talk, where I spoke with the residents of Moorhead's North Fork Mobile Home Park about the past month's mass eviction and the ways they are working together to fight housing insecurity in eastern Kentucky. If you liked this episode, you can download Mountain Talk as a podcast from SoundCloud. I've been your host, Katie Myers, at Mountain Community Radio. From all of us at WMMT, thanks for listening. We shall not, we shall not be moved. We shall not, we shall not be moved like a tree that's planted by the wall. We shall not be moved We shall not, we shall
Shall not be. 